our guest. By the way, that's magic. This is how I let my editing crew know that it's time for them to make an, a break. Nani, if you turn your camera off for just another minute until I ask you to turn it on, that would be awesome. So we're really glad you're here. And I hope that my, my picture is not covering the picture of my guest. We are going on a journey into parenting as you have never imagined parenting to be. What if your baby was born with a blueprint for how to parent them? Well, guess what? They were. And to help us understand our blueprints and the blueprints of our babies, no matter how old your baby is, is my friend, Nani Cheshire. So, and, and I hope I didn't mispronounce your name, Nani. Would you join me in the studio? Come on, let's go. We're gonna make this happen. There we go. And I can almost see you. There you are. Hi, Nani. <laughs> Jackie. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for having me here. Oh, you are very welcome. I am super, super excited to have you on the show because I have been looking forward to this conversation. All right, we're gonna have to start with the Wayback Machine. So Nani, Give everyone, please, where you started your journey. What brought you into this understanding of parenting? Because you weren't born knowing your blueprint in human design. No, I was not. I actually didn't even learn about human design until my second kid. So um, it was, yeah, it was interesting to um, go back and look at things that happened with my first child, um, but then also be able to have this information when my, my second kid was born. So I, I, it, was, it was actually when my son, he's the younger one, he was only like a year old and I was, just wasn't doing much like for myself, but someone invited me to a conference that, um, not a conference, it was just a small workshop gathering about human design. And so I somehow felt really intrigued to go um, enough to like make the space for it. And um, once I learned about it, I've been a self-help self -help junkie my whole life, but this really resonated with me. And once I started experimenting with it and learning about it for myself, um, I just was hooked and I couldn't stop. And then I started looking at the energy of my kids and my family, I guess, and my friends and everyone I knew. You, you, you brought up a really important point. So I'm just going to give everybody the disclaimer. This could be addictive. What we're going to be talking about from here on out might very well change your life in ways that are unexpected. And it can be addictive. It can be habit forming in a good way. So we might have to call this session an addiction that you want. Yes. <laughs> so what changed when you found out about human design and you found out about your own? I basically did less things. Um, I know that sounds simple, but I thought that I was a different human design type than I am because I grew up with the energy around me there's five human design types, and I, I thought that I was a manifesting generator, but I'm a pure generator. 
And if you don't know all the background, that's okay. Basically, manifesting generators can do, it's, it's really good for them to metabolize their energy and do a lot of different things within a day. And I grew up with this energy and like, even as an adult, I would go on vacations with my extended family with this energy. And they wanted to do a lot of things, say, in a day. And I would come out of the trips being totally exhausted. And I didn't understand why. Um, that's just an example of, of a period of time where this this um, took place. But then when I learned about human design, oh, do, you have, do you want to say something? Yeah, well, and I, I should have asked in the beginning. There, I should on myself. That's the first should of the day. For anybody watching, keep count of any time that I say that word because at the end of each session, there's some interesting, interesting information we're going to use that for. So let's start at the beginning. Okay. Human design is a... So um, human, yeah. Oh, do you want me to say it? Yeah, I was going to say, let's, let's give, because I'm going to stumble over this and it's going to be messy. Would you give the nutshell overview of what human design is and where it came from? Yes, so human design is a self-discovery tool, and it came from these ancient wisdoms like the astrology, the chakra system, the Kabbalah, and the I Ching, and then it is combined with newer science like quantum physics, and it comes together and brings you a blueprint, and the thing I like about it is that it's kind of like astrology. You put in your information, and then you get a chart, and it tells you how your energy works for yourself and then how you interact with others. And it also can tell you where you're prone to conditioning. It's not something that like for me, the personality assessments are hard because they are, you're actually like taking the test with conditioning. So I like this, that it's like a blueprint that tells you, this is who you are with a true slate of authenticity. You're born with it. Over time, we like put on layers of conditioned beliefs and myths and shoulds, like we enter shouldville when we're very young. And then we, um, then we just live from that place and it, it can deplete our energy. But the, the human design chart can tell you how to like kind of peel back the layers of that conditioning and get to the heart of true, who you truly are. And um, there, you could look at one chart for like 10 hours and still find more. <laughs> yeah, well, we're not going to deep dive that much. We're not going to geek out on the science here. Um, and just to help people understand the difference in the five types, can we run through them just a little bit and let people know what they can find out about themselves? Because you said something really key about a generator that I didn't know because I'm not a generator. So I didn't know that for a generator, it's important to not try to do a bunch of different things in one day. Yeah, That's really important to know, if, especially for me managing my team. I've got generators on my team. No wonder I'm wearing them out. <laughs> and they yeah. may, you, as a generator, you can do that many things. We have the ability, if you love to do them, if you want to, if you say yes to them, then you can do a lot. But if you're doing them because you think you should, then it won't work, won't work well. There you go. All right. So I spent okay. most of my life in Shouldville. That's how that whole leaving Shouldville program came about. So conditioning, 
puts yeah. us into a place where we're trying to be something that we're not designed to be. Exactly. And, and for you, that showed up as exhaustion. What else are signs that you're not living according to your design? It's, it can come in emotions, and there's a different emotion for each type. Um, for me, it's frustration for man. Okay, so I guess I have, I'll, I'll just tell you them when I tell, talk, talk about the five types, but it can come up in emotions. It can come up in burnout, but obviously, uh, most of the time, not obviously, but most of the time, we don't even know we're burned out, so it's hard to identify that, but it, that can come up. Um, it can come up in body distortions or illness. Um, or okay, so yeah. the, the idea here is that if anything's not working in your life, it could be because you're out of alignment to your design. Did I yeah. get it? Yes. Okay, so it's not like if I have a headache, oh, that's a sign I'm out of alignment. It's just if there's anything that's not working. So yeah. the beauty of human design is for me is that it gave me a really clear, it's either this or this emotionally. If it's this, I'm out of alignment. If it's this, I'm in alignment. Why don't we take everybody through the five types and the two emotions that would help them see whether they're in or out? Sure. So um, I'll give you a quick overview of the types and how they interact with each other. It will only take one minute and then I'll go into each one. So there's five human design types. There's, um, I'm gonna talk about it in the context of a movie production. So there's a manifester and Jackie is a manifester. So she's the one who gets the ball rolling. You'd be the producer. So you'd get the production rolling. Then the next type is a projector and the projectors are here to like direct and guide people. And so they would be the director of the production. And then there are manifesting generators and generators, and they would be the lights, you know, like the lighting crew, the actors, like everyone that's like doing, like I say that word and doing the production. Um, they're here to like do and work in a good way, build things. And um, the reflector would be the audience. So they're, they're like clapping if it's really good or they're like booing if it's really bad. <laughs> it's kind of, they're the barometer of health um, for. Oh, I didn't know that about reflectors. Okay. Reflecting what's going on. Um, so what I understand is minimal, but I do, under, I do know that reflectors are rare. Yes. How rare are they? One, less than 1% 1 of the population. Well, there we go. Less than 1%. I okay. have them in the house, so I'm, I know them well. <laughs> I know that 1%. <laughs> oh, you do? You have a reflector in your life? Yes. Oh, cool. Then you'll be able to explain what that dynamic is like. All right. Yeah. So if, if the audience of life is such a minuscule part of the population... What is, what's the, what's the next, what's, well, you said that the lighting, the acting, the doing, what part of the population is supposed to be doing? Who are our doers? Yeah, so the manifesting generators and generators are doing, and that's 70% of the population. And I would say this is probably the, um, the thing that, I don't know if it delivers conditioning, but if, like, I think that society runs as generators, but then there's three other types. And so then they feel like they don't fit in because they're not um, meeting whatever society standards are for, for doing. 
Um, yeah, I don't think any of us meet society standards for anything. I, yeah. Society standards are an invitation to shouldville. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I get it. The conditioning is uh, exactly the same because we have so many pieces of our society that are designed to work with the majority. I mean, yeah. you, that, that's sort of how they manage schools. You know, they teach people how to do things. And that's 70%. And those of us that are not 70% are out here. But the 70% are told that you do things, but you're also supposed to be directing yeah. and you're also supposed to be getting the ball rolling and you're also supposed yeah. to be applauding for everybody else. Yeah. So it's very much a society mess because we're all supposed to be everything. Yes. Okay, so with 70% are manifesting generators and generators. Cool. What's next? So the so we're talking about emotions for each of the types. Um, so the manifester, what, and you can probably talk to this more than I can if you want to explain examples, but the manifesting generator, sorry, the manifester emotion that tells you when you're off track is anger. But it's really not anger, like anger at people. It's like you are creatively disrupted because you are here to spark other people with this inner like ignition that you have, like your decision-making everything you are here to just do it is so, so you, if you're disrupted in that, you're going to feel angry. Um, or maybe that's not the right word, like um, impatient oh, or disturbed. Anger is the word on my chart. So we'll, we'll go with that because anger has a lot of different flavors for me. Yeah. Um, it's definitely not the same emotion as frustration. Yes, um, it's not. And I've never heard it expressed as creatively disrupted. Oh, yeah. You, you get in my way and I will be upset with you because I'm like, Meow. yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I don't know, I, I can describe how my type is and how I can guess the positive side of the emotion is. For me, it's just like you feel good and you're excited about doing something. That's when you are on the opposite of anger, but... Um, oh, my opposite is peace. Peace, yeah. Yeah, okay. my, my, my opposite is peace. And I did, this just floored me. I had been conditioned to chase success. You know, I had been conditioned to look for that emotion and it always eluded me. When I started diving into my human design last year and found out that my in alignment, when I am in alignment with my design, I'm at peace. I'm like, I couldn't remember the last peaceful day I'd had. Yeah. And now I have a bunch of them, you know, and it's amazing what shifts when you start getting into alignment. Yeah. For me, it's been a miracle. So we yeah. will keep going, but you let's put it all in nice, neat package. Yep. So how many, how big of a population slice? Uh, manifestors. 10%. Okay. So we've got 10% manifestors, 70% generators and manifesting generators and less than 1% reflectors. That leaves a little under 20%? Yes. The projectors, cool. and that's the projectors. Okay, the projectors. The the emotion that you may feel when you're out of alignment is bitterness, is what it says on the chart. But from all the projectors I talked to, it kind of it could feel like bitterness, but they resonate with resentment. 
and like resenting sometimes it's resenting others for having more energy because they're meant to be here to guide and like um, don't have the sustainable energy um, and they're here to be like to be this um, energetic band-aid for all of us to like be able to uh, move the world forward energetic band-aid for all of us oh my goodness what a great way to express what they do in the world yeah and it's tiring just doing that but of course the world is you know this moving doing generator energy so sometimes there's this mis mislabeling of projectors as being like lazy because but they're really not they're like here to guide us. Um, all the projectors that I talk to, like I may not listen to their advice when they tell me, but they're always they always are spot on. They know others, um, so it's a really cool type to have in the world. Yeah, really. I, the the world needs all of us, but I think the world needs all of us doing what we're designed to do. So, what's the problem? when it comes to raising a kid, if you don't know their design, what did you said it was challenging when your baby was little, when your first one was born? Yeah, the challenge that I see, I see first that we're parenting from a place of conditioning. So our, us ourselves are like, I don't know if you've ever like imposed a rule that you actually didn't feel right about imposing, but you felt like you should like, there's all these things that we do as parents, um, as moms. And, and so that like we could, I, I felt like I feel out of alignment all the time and I feel like a misfit just trying to do things the way I want to do. I feel like I have to have a thick skin um, to, to do the things that I feel that are right. Um, so I felt like I needed to align myself a little bit more first. And then I looked at my, kids and my kids are actually the same type as me so maybe it was easier to understand in some ways but it um the one trick that i learned that helped me the most generators um make decisions but in their gut and it's by answering yes or no questions and so when i my son couldn't talk um instead of asking like what do you need i was i like step back and I ask these yes or no questions. It takes more questions to get there, but I'm like, are you hungry? Do you need a hug? Do you need this? And then he was able to like say like, yes to the one that he needed. And he wasn't like up in his head. He's like in, in his body and answering in a way that um, we could communicate like earlier because of human design. In that's really head. key. I've got to pause you there because that's huge. Okay. Um, I've got, is it generators and manifesting generators? Does this hold true for both? Yes. Because they are similar and different, but you know, so yeah. that's why they're called five types, even though we lump them together for statistics. Um, okay. So 70% of the population responds better to yes or no questions rather than multiple choice or essays. Can yes. we see where this could be a problem taking a test in school? Yes. Holy smokes. No wonder. I mean, because I acing, not me, but kids, you know, I got a, I got a generator kid. Acing a true false question, no problem. 
That's really interesting. All right. So how do you help a generator manage and succeed a child in a school system that's not designed for this yes, no um, conversation? For me, I use it um, when the challenge comes up and like, especially this year, we've been to online school. So I've been more involved than, than usual with my kid. Um, it's even just like me first asking, like, do you want help? Do you want my help? So that they are saying yes or no, like <laughs> for me to even get involved. And then um, kind of honing in, like, do you, do you know what you're stuck on? Do you know what you um, are struggling with? Do you know, um, I don't know. It's, I think it's just honing in on helping them figure out, yeah, I can't, necessarily um, change the testing or anything, but I just change how, how, like, I guess their awareness of how they can get to the help that they need or support. Cool. That's really, really useful. Okay. So we've got generators. When a generator is out of alignment, they're frustrated. When they're in alignment, they're, what's the emotion? Joy, joyful. I, that's okay. Yeah, that, um, that, that's that's how it expresses for you. Joyful. That's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Yeah, it's, cool. Yeah, following something that lights you up or not. But so now that you got in alignment with yourself and your kids, you started helping other people manage parenting from this different viewpoint. If I have a child who is a projector. When they're out of alignment, it's bitterness, resentment. When they're in alignment, what's the expression? Um, bliss is kind of like, um, see, I've never actually looked at it this way before, but I, like, I, I've never heard of these um, two emotions, but I'm intrigued. Oh, okay. I've only heard the non, the one that tells you if you're out of alignment, but I okay. do know projectors, like you, there's, there's so many layers to human design and I know we can't get into all of it, but they're supposed to be invited and, um, yeah, well, let's 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 yeah. pause that piece for a minute because I want to make sure people can get the notes. So yeah. I'll chime in with what little I know. Okay. Um, and so generators, frustration, and for you, it's joy. And I think on the charts, they use the word, um, actually, Katie popped it in. It's satisfaction is okay. what they call it on the chart. Um, so that's that's generators and manifesting generators. And then for me, for a, man, for a manifester, someone like me who's a pure manifester, it's anger when I am not in alignment and peace when I am in alignment. For a um, projector, the bitterness, resentment, and success is what I believe is the, the opposite. If they're out of alignment, it's bitterness and resentment. And if they're in alignment, it's success. And I missed one, reflectors. And reflectors, I don't know. You know, <laughs> I don't know either one of the emotions for that. But the reality is that it's a tiny, tiny, but you said you have a reflector in your life. Yes. 
So um, even though it's less than 1% of the population, they do exist. Yeah. 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 And for them, the, the emotion is disappointment because they can see like the potential that people have and they can like cut right through and see their true authenticity and they'll be disappointed when people aren't like living up to that um, no. or the humanity isn't and um, and I think it's not necessarily emotion but when they're in alignment they're they're well they're like when they're out of alignment, they're not well. When they're in alignment, they're well. So it shows up in a physical way for them. Yeah. They, they give, yeah. The, the ability to use human design and Nani, you're right. There is such a wealth of information. I mean, they write huge books that I will never read because as a manifester, I am not slowing down enough to read something like that into deep dive. But when it comes to parenting, I didn't know any of this. What's the biggest shift that someone gets when they start to parent their kid based on their kid's design? What's the first thing that they're going to notice that changes? I think that their kid will shine a little bit brighter because they're being honored and respected for who they are. That's, that's what I notice and yeah. Cool. We like our kids to shine just a little brighter. It starts with honoring and respecting who you are. And I know that that's the story that you were telling us when we first started. What was the biggest shift for you when you started honoring and respecting what works for you in the world? I had more flow. And I just things felt easier. Um, I, I would say I said no a lot more and that wasn't an easy thing for me to do, um, but it is now um, easier because I can really tune into what, I, what lights me up or what doesn't. And if it doesn't, then it's a not now, or I mean, it's a no, but if you want a softer word for it, it's like, nope, not now. You can ask me again tomorrow. But, <laughs> Um, and I, that's a great way for languaging or for someone who knows that they're a generator. If they, they know they respond well to yes, no, and they have trouble saying no, um, they can learn to say not now. Yes. Yeah. Uh, cool. Yeah. Another piece that is, it's kind of outside the types, but it's, it was huge for me is there's one. Uh, energy center in your chart that's about emotions and your half the population is an empath it's called the emotional solar plexus center and half are empaths and half are emotionally defined which means that you have an emotional wave that's kind of to your to yourself and it's like outward creativity and inward reflection kind of like oscillating up and down um, and I'm an empath and that has affected me my whole life. And I didn't know about it. I mean, I knew, I guess I could intuitively say I was an empath, but I didn't know the mechanics of it until I learned human design. And you're basically taking in other people's emotions and you're kind of feeling them even bigger than they're feeling them. So I thought that that was me. I thought that they were mine um, different times in my life, depending who I lived with. Um, I had different emotions and this, 
also really helped me with my kids because one of my kids is an empath. And finally, like I was much older when I learned about it, but I, I finally learned how um, to navigate that better. And because part of being an empath is you're like, you uh, avoid truth and conflict sometimes because you don't want to feel other people's emotions so big. And so now I can help my kid um, have better strategies for doing, dealing with um, the, the harder side of being an empath. So there's, I mean, there's about a million things that I've learned, but that, that's a huge one for everyone. All right. So I'm going to pause that. You just said, and, and I'm going to avoid the labeling because I think labels limit. So I'm going to express it my way. And you tell me if I've got the gist. Okay. So the empath. Yes. 50% of the population have an open energy center where they feel other people's emotions. Is that what you said? Yes. Holy traps. That yes. would trip up everybody. Yes. If you can't tell what's me and what's not me when it comes to emotion, how are you ever going to know what you really want in the world? So how do you develop filters if you have this um, open energy center? You let things um, pass. What I learned is to like, instead of being a sponge and taking in emotions and then like holding onto them, um, you, you let emotions go through you more like a screen. Like you, you're meant, so empaths are here to like connect with others and feel the emotions on purpose so that you're like, feeling other people, um, but it's not meant for you to like hold on to it forever, good or bad. Like that's, it's just when you're so, in the energy, yeah. So the way to handle it is to become intentional about it. Yes. And, and but how, how do you know, is this my feeling or um, is this one that is passing through? Yeah, it takes a long time, I think of like, it took me a while to, to, to learn it, but I would, I would say right now it's kind of easier because of we've been a little more separated from people and maybe we're even like outside. So you feel things more when you're inside an enclosed space. So if you're feeling like, I guess my biggest advice, like if you're feeling weird or sad or something that's, um, that you can't re relate, like something that happened to you while you're feeling that, then I question like, is this even really mine? Is this mine? Like, why am I feeling so weird? And um, and it sounds like getting outside away from yeah. other people would make a, a make it easier to discern what's yes. me and what's not me. That's a fascinating place. Intentionally noticing feelings. I mean, if we could just become more emotionally aware in general, I think the world would be a much nicer place but to intentionally do that. Now, as a manifester, I, manifestors have closed, the one thing I learned about myself is manifestors have closed energy. And so um, we're the only ones that are totally closed. So I'm unlikely to ever have that same experience. But what I do know, and, and maybe I'm gonna have to go check this out some more, because it could be, I'm going, wait a minute, I can tell when my guy's upset. He could be on the other side of the county and I can tell when my guy's upset. Um, but I also know that I amplify emotions 
that when people are around me, they feel their own emotions more. It's like I'm a, um, a magnifying glass. It just makes them bigger. And yeah. once I understood that, I realized the more I can be peaceful, the better it is for everybody around me. <laughs> because if I get agitated, everything gets amplified. Yeah, you, you might have a, a defined emotional solar plexus center because manifestors can have and can be empaths as well. But okay, there we go. That that clears up one assumption that I had. I and I, I it's like wow. Well, I'll never get to the bottom of my chart. I finally figured that out. It's fascinating stuff, Nani. Now I want to make sure that we bring this back and answer any questions that people have because we've been on a meandering path through this whole design. When someone can relate to being empathic, that they feel other people's emotions, we've given them two strategies. One is to ask, is this really me? Is this really mine? And the other is to go outside. Put, you, put yourself at a timeout away from other people to sort of be able to not have other people's energy around you. And emotional energy is what we're talking about. What if they're the other half of the world? What is their experience of other people? So they are, that's emotional definition has a, an emotional wave and it, it's like a sine curve. It goes up and down and it varies for every person. Um, it means that you'll take longer making decisions because you need emotional clarity. And I love how you described like that peaceful feeling so people that have the defined emotional solar plexus center need to wait for a peaceful, like it's almost like the decision feels peaceful and that's when you know it's right for you. Um, it may mean that you feel um, bursts of energy and it could be around creativity because emotions have to do with that and stuff. Um, at some times and then maybe feel a little lower at some times. And it's not that you're like low in like a bad way, but you're like kind of integrating the feeling. The problem with the, um, the defined emotional wave is sometimes you get stuck in the low for too long. So you just want to kind of like bump yourself out of it a little bit faster. Um, if you're feeling like you're getting stuck for a long time, I personally actually use um, essential oils a lot for this because it's, um, it's a vibrational tool that can kind of help you move in a few minutes. There's a ton more ways that you could do it. Um, so I'm not saying it's the only way, but it's it, there are little helpers. Um, and um, I think it's just not feeling bad for this, for that, this energy, for the emotional um, waves. It's about not feeling bad about being low. It's kind of like, taking yourself and nurturing yourself during that time. And like, it's like the time where you're like drinking a cup of tea and like reading a book, like you're just like saying like, I'm going to take care of you right now and I'll be ready for the, like the next time. And then also, so with the decision-making, it's like telling people um, ahead of time, I need more time to think about that because, and it, it takes people with emotional, um, defined emotional, waves a little bit more time to think about or to decide on things. So it's a good idea to just check in as yep. to whether you make better decisions if you wait on them. 
Yes. And and whether you make um, and whether you later make you make a decision and go, what was I thinking? Because it could be that you've taken on somebody else's emotion around something. And the more you're talking, the more I'm going, ooh, I'm leaning myself over on the 50% of empathic because I could go to a networking event and get excited about whatever somebody else was excited about. And that would lead me to all kinds of um, interesting decisions that distracted me from my core business. And so it's like, hmm, I wonder if that's the empathic <laughs> it's an example of what can happen if you are on the empathic side and you are finding that you've got shiny object syndrome. Perhaps you don't have shiny object syndrome. Perhaps you, like me, just take on the excitement of somebody else about their project. And I didn't have any discernment at all that it was their excitement, not mine. Now that I'm more in tune to being, am I at peace? Am I feeling peaceful? Um, it's easier for me to have this discernment of this is me and not me when it comes to emotion. So the more you're talking, the more I'm going, hmm, okay, I'm probably more on the empathic side. And especially when you say that someone who is on the more defined emotion side takes more time you has has this this digesting time of of information before they make a decision that is so not me i am a ready fire oh yeah aim kind of person yeah <laughs> so I'm, I'm i'm surrounding myself with people who take and have my guy has a longer wave you know i give him information he says you planted the seed now let it grow and i'm over here harvesting while he's waiting for his seeds to germinate. Yeah, I mean, it's just very, very different. And I hadn't thought of it that it would show up in a human design chart. So I can really geek out on this guy. Sorry, I went down this really long tangent. All right, coming back, parenting by design. If I know that my kid picks up on my emotions, that would be kind of good to know, wouldn't it? Yes. Wow. This could dramatically change how parenting gets done, Nani. I am so, so excited and so grateful that you were able to come on and share the idea that, hey, there's only five people. We are all one of them. Doesn't mean we don't express and can't use the gifts of all of them, but we have a primary type. And so do our children. Mm -hmm. And we're not all the same. What works for one doesn't work for all. And so parenting by design has a lot, a lot of advantages, Donnie. And you came up with this amazing, amazing gift. And I really, really love it. And so Katie's gonna put it in the chat for everybody. And it'll be in the show notes for people who are watching the recording. Tell them what this gift is and how they can use it. It is, let's see, I'm going to read it. It's the Parenting by Design, Understanding Yourself and Your Kids Through Human Design. All right, so tell me a little more about this because I want people to know what to expect when they click on it. Yes, so it, it talks about the essence for each of the five types for you as the parent. And I suggest you learn about yourself first 
And then there's a section in the end and it tells you like the role that you have about the emotions and where you might trip up and kind of the key key to your success in that certain type. And then it tells you about the five um, types for your kids, but it's not about like trying to teach them to be their type. It's about through the lens of a parent and how, um, how you could honor their energy more, especially if you're a different type than your kid. It's like, these are things that you might not have thought about because you don't work that way, but like projectors like to be asked for their opinion because they, they need to be recognized, for example, or things like that. And, um, yeah, so just All right. so now, now you've opened up a Pandora's box really quickly. If projectors, I'm going to write this one down, like to be asked for their opinion. Okay, that makes perfect sense. What do generators like? To be asked yes or no questions. That's how they make decisions and that helps everything. Got it. Okay, so generators and projectors. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. They also need to physically exercise. That's a super important for generators. For generators, manifesting generator kids in particular. Wow. Okay. That's important to know. These are the kids that you want to put into sports. Yeah. Yeah. Encourage them that direction. Yep. All right. So projectors like to be asked for their opinions, manifesting generators and generators like to be asked yes, no questions, because that's how they make decisions and they need to exercise. What about reflectors? Reflectors need to be in the right environment. It's not about like if something's off, it's about what's happening around them, not not them, because they're reflecting. They're like open in every way and they're reflecting everything. So change, like maybe clean up the room. Maybe that feels in disarray to them or um, I don't know, whatever in their environment feels better. Got it. Okay. So they're really reflecting their outer. Yes. That that's, would be good to know. Yes. <laughs> Okay, and so then the last one, my favorite, of course, the manifestors. What is, tell me about me. <laughs> you can tell me if this is true, but they like to be left alone in a sense. Like they, they know, like they are, want to explore the limits and they don't want to be controlled. And like, um, even though the parent probably actually really wants to control manifestors because <laughs> they're so independent. All right, I've got to share the story. All right, so this was uh, my first real understanding of myself through the lens of human design. Um, brilliant lady. She says, Jackie, looking at your chart, there's one thing I know for sure. Your parents would have had no clue how to raise you. No clue. I am the youngest of four. My dad was a drill sergeant. My mom was a school teacher and my dad's dad was a preacher. So I was born with somebody telling me what to do, what to think, and what to believe from the moment I was born. And yet as a manifester, I was born apparently knowing what I want. And I got that knowing conditioned yep. because I, th there was no way they were going to listen to me. You know, they knew what was best because I'm the youngest out of all of these kids. You know, I'm the, so it was really a big aha for me to wake up over this last year and go, you mean I can have what I want? That's okay? Oh crap, I did not even know if I liked vanilla or chocolate. 
I mean, I had literally been conditioned to the point that I didn't even know what I liked, what I wanted. <laughs> so it's made a huge difference for me. I'm kind of reparenting myself through all of this. And now there goes my makeup. All right. Good thing this is coming to an end and I can go fix this. Uh, but I'm sorry it's coming to an end. Nani, this has been just fascinating for me. Thank you guys for all of your comments and for participating full out with this and Katie for managing things in the background. By the way, this is hysterical. My oldest daughter, Katie, who handles all my tech support is a generator. You know, she got pushed into entrepreneurialism, which is a manifester's world. Okay, pure entrepreneurial stuff, manifestors thrive there, but not all the types do. And manifestors only thrive there if they've got a team. I learned the hard way because I struggled as a solopreneur. I could get things started, yeah. but the keeping them going, not my strong suit. And I didn't understand that that's just the way I'm supposed to be. Yeah. It's such a freeing, freeing um, study. So here's to freedom by design. And Nani, thank you so much. And thank you so much for the gift for everybody because getting in this understanding that you can parent by design could be a game changer for a lot of kids. Yeah, I hope it helps even just one, one parent or one kid. Thank you. You're welcome. That's what we're doing. We are changing the world one conversation, one talk at a time.